Welcome to episode 7 of the 4500 podcast. On this episode, I speak to Whanganui photographer Roberta Thornley, whose latest exhibition, A Serious Girl, has just opened at the Sargent Gallery. Roberta came to Whanganui in 2015 on residency at Tylee Cottage. She is a graduate of the Elam School of Fine Arts in Auckland, where she was born and raised. I spoke to her about her background in photography, the six months she spent in Rwanda before moving to Whanganui, and what went into this latest exhibition, A Serious Girl. You can visit us at the4500.co.nz, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just to give you a bit of context for the interview, I'm going to read a bit of the exhibition text written by Sergeant Curator Greg Donson. He writes, A Serious Girl is a new direction for Thornley, and tells the story of a Wanganui gymnast, Millie, who after finishing secondary school in 2016, is preparing to leave for further gymnastics training on an overseas scholarship. Thornley met Millie after a casting at Tylee Cottage in 2015. Not long after this, the gymnast was housebound with an injury, meaning that the arena for these photographs was not the active space of a gymnasium, but the recovery room of home in the seaside suburb of Castlecliffe. These photographs are not only studies in the extraordinary physicality and dexterity of the subject, but are also a record of a point in a journey being made. So this exhibition is on now, and you're about to check it out at Sergeant on the Key until about mid-August. When did you first kind of, uh, I suppose, get into photography? Have you always been interested in it? Um, I... I think I was interested in it for a small amount of time when I was about eight or nine and I remember we had a family friend who was a photographer and he managed to source like a little 35mm Pentax camera for me and I sort of flitted away on that for a couple of years and I think that was driven through, I was talking um, to someone else today about that, it was driven through just having this massive pile of National Geographic, like probably a lot of households had and just loving the pictures in them um and I wasn't an early reader so I think the pictures were the things that really caught my eye and um yeah that would probably be where it initially started and then there was a a bit of a gap and then it all sort of cracked into gear again I did a little bit at school at the end of school but then it was at university I was mainly doing sculpture and painting at Elam and um was my last sort of semester where I picked up a camera again and just really loved it. So I whacked some pictures on the wall and, <laughs> and our graduation show sort of sh- shot out so no, none of the tutors would see me because I know they'd just freak out if they, they knew I'd just changed direction, you know, so close to the end. But um, that was it really. My um, dealer gallery, he saw me, my work at that graduation show and it was kind of gave me a show six months later and I had to learn um, from there how to take photos. Wow. Did yeah. you, just going back to, did you start taking photos with that Pentax? Yeah, I did. I still got it. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Just of the family and... Yeah, yeah, just... The cats? Yeah. I actually remember taking it on, like, hockey trips and stuff and photographing the girls, you know, on days off and, and things like that. Um... But they, they were pretty straightforward cameras and it was hard to mark things up really. You just lined the meter up in the middle and took a shot and usually the 
turned out all right. <laughs> yeah, but you still learn things like composition, I guess. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Going back to where you grew up, you were born in Auckland? Born in Auckland, yeah. Born and raised? Um, born and raised in Auckland in, in GI, so um, raised, I spent most of my upbringing there, Glen and us, and yeah. So you went to Elam straight out of? Out of high school, Out of yeah. high school. Yeah. What drew you to sculpture? Uh, it was sculpture and painting just mainly because I'd been doing a lot of painting and, and I'd, um, you know, I'd done quite well at it at school and so it was just, it felt like a natural fit to go and do that once I entered university. Um, yeah, so the photography took a bit of a back seat for a few years, yeah. Did you enjoy the sculpture though? Did you yeah, do I, I love, um, I love that um, part of my practice and I would probably say with a lot of my still life work I still use a lot of um, those techniques in terms of how I get my objects to to become what I want them to become I think it's all about touching and, and sculpting object, objects into shapes and, and things so I think that definitely that feed that sculpture background feeds into my photography especially with those set up staged works that I do yeah you did a few photos at the end of Elam just for yourself mm. and it got they got seen yeah I did um, some work during a sem- my semester break just um, actually just with the Pentax again some shots of my sister and it was actually a really well-known photographer Fiona Partington who was my tutor at the time Elam was at that point um, there was no departments so we were I was working alongside photographers and people working at installation and all sorts so it was this really amazing mix mix of things going on and so even though I was a painter I had um, a, a photographer as my tutor and yeah she just was really encouraged by the work that I'd my photo- photographs that I'd made and um, yeah it sort of reignited I guess my passion for photography and I didn't really look back from there. So you must have had some kind of natural knack for it. Yeah, probably. I think it probably just been slow cooking yeah. for a long, long By time. By doing that since you were a child. Yeah, basically. and just having that interest in it from such an early age. And then just being an image maker anyway with my painting and, and creating sculptures and things. Um, it just took off at that point. And you said just before you, when you got picked up by that gallery, you had to start learning how to be a yeah, photographer. Did, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> did you take lessons or were you kind of self-taught the whole way through? I, as soon as I... Um, left Elam so I'd been doing photography for about a month at that point <laughs> or six weeks and I my dealer gallery Tim touched base and said he'd really enjoyed my work so I went and met him and we chatted and he just signed me up for a show the following June and I thought well I need to learn about photography and so I had a few other tutors that sort of encouraged me to go and um, get a job as an assistant. So I I found an an amazing photographer called John Daly, who I worked with for four years, once I finished uni. Um, And we did, and he was shooting anything from, um, you know, real estate portraits to beer ads to um, small things for design companies, um, annual reports you name it like we did everything and um that was just my training ground for me he was amazing john um because he 
was quite a really was a really well-known photographer in like the 80s and 90s in Auckland he did a lot of the big beer campaigns Steinlager ads and things like that um and he had this amazing studio but when I met John he was sort of just um he was getting a little bit older into his 60s and he just wanted um to be working from home and so he sort of scaled everything down a lot um which meant when I came along he only wanted needed one assistant and I was able to have such a hands-on um, conversational relationship um, where he had the time to actually really tutor me. Um, so I felt like I just learned so much from that. Um, yeah, so that was definitely my training ground. Mm. And the good thing about when you are working with a commercial photographer like him is that you do get thrown into situations where it's all about problem solving. Um, one day you might be out you know, shooting some divers on a rocky edge with lights and you have to think about not electrocuting anyone. And and then the other, another day you might be trying to get the foam on a bear to sit up nice and tall. And so there's all these kind of things that... It sounds like an apprenticeship. Like yeah, totally. And, and real world and yeah. not classroom. Yes, exactly. So. Yeah. So I probably... Um, it was probably the right, right way to go about it, I think. And so I was doing that sort of part-time I guess and then my own work the rest of the time for my shows with my dealer gallery yeah so, so sorry when is this um this would have been from I think my first dealer gallery show is in 2008 so I worked with John for four years yeah and have you always been kind of going down the art side of photography yeah I have it's just and it hasn't been anything I've thought heavily about it's just how it's worked out um, when I was assisting John, uh, my days were pretty, you know, when I was with him, my days were pretty full. So, and then I had this relationship that I was build, building with my dealer gallery. So I had I had shows and obligations to make work for that. Um, so my days were full. Um, what have you been doing since you left John? Um, since I left John, I've just um, been working on my own practice. So um, exhibiting. Um, and in group shows and um, and then exhibiting with my dealer gallery as well yeah and you've managed to make that a full-time gig pretty much yeah pretty much intermittent um, you know like I before I um, came to Wanganui I was in Rwanda for six months and prior to that I did some some gardening work and things like that to help me get overseas (laughs) Um, but yeah it 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 depends yeah, it comes and goes. Um, yeah, pretty consistently. Tell me about Rwanda. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um. So at the end of um, uh, I think at mid mid twenty fourteen it was. Um, I uh, my sister has been in Rwanda for some time. Um, working on a, t- a magazine for teenage girls. Um, and I thought it would be cool to go and visit her while she's still living there. So in the middle of 2014, I went for six weeks to Rwanda and ended up staying for six months because uh, I had such a good time. It's an amazing country to live in. Um, yeah, so that was what I was doing before I headed back to come to Tidy Cottage. In what way? What's it? What's it like over there? Um, it's uh, the people are really fun and the climate's amazing. And the country's really little, so I and my sister Jess had a 
um, a car so I circumnavigated Rwanda a few times and went to Burundi, travelled to Burundi and for me um, it was a, a moment in time in 2014 where I'd been, you know, I'd left uni and prior to that I'd been really competitive hockey player so everything had been really full on and and I've been exhibiting um, every year and I just got to a point where I was like, I need to do what everyone else is, seems to have done and, and head overseas. So, um, and Jess was there, so I just thought, oh, we're on, to, you know, it'd be great to just have a little holiday. But it turned out to be a lot longer than yeah. I originally thought. It's got a pretty heavy history there, right? Yeah, it does. It has, um, I, the first day that, or the second day, I think, that I was there, my sister sent me to the Genocide Museum. <laughs> so I got quickly dipped <laughs> into the history. But it's, it was a, pr- it's a pretty important thing to do. And, and when you've done that, you totally walk, walk out onto the street with a, a completely different view of things. And yeah, yeah. it's sort of, yeah, it's, it becomes this really, um, not a heaviness, but just this really important thing to know and understand about how people are navigating their lives now, and and how the government um, functions, and all those those things that when you live in a place, you start to absorb, and they become really. Um, Do you see it in the people in the country and um, the way it operates? It's. I think when you, I didn't really notice it until I went to Burundi. And Rwanda is, um, uh, Burundi is just below Rwanda if you look it on the map. And I went to Burundi near the really, the end of my time in Rwanda. And when we crossed the border into Burundi, it was just like this crazy um, cow, cowboyish town. Like you drive in and these kids pulled, um, like a chain over the road and we had to pay them to keep going whereas in Rwanda that would never that would never happen and because it's so it's very the military has a a big presence there and and the streets are very clean and it's but when you go into Burundi it's just this total it's like Rwanda but this total shake up um so it was only when I left Rwanda that I realized oh okay so there's there's some pretty tight rules in place here um, for how people live, but perhaps talking with um, my sister's partner Louis and things, um, you get an understanding of why the government has put that in place. And in, in terms of, you know, it was horrific what happened there, and for people to feel safe and secure again, there's a certain sense of security that's needed. Yeah. Did you do much photography there? Um, that was the other thing when I left New Zealand. I because I was sort of. I felt like I need a little break from from my work. I thought I'll just take my camera and a little tripod and I'll just do personal propaganda photos. So, you know, <laughs> um, stuff to show people when I got back to New Zealand. And what it ended up doing was really, it, it ended up freeing my um, style and it really influenced actually how I came back to New Zealand, how I wanted to photograph. Because I started, when I was in Rwanda, I would take my camera out when I was walking with my niece down to the shops or just down to the local basketball court and shoot teenagers playing basketball or when I was um you know uh I did this big um the tallest peak in Rwanda's like 
9,600 feet or something. I climbed to the top and I took my camera on that. So I felt like I was a tur- tourist, you know, taking tourist pictures, which is, for, you know, like personal propaganda. <laughs> um, but, I've never heard that term, personal propaganda. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's like how I view... Is that your term? Um, me and a friend have, yeah, discussed this term. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just took my camera, like, in a really tourism style way I took it where I where I went but I ended up shooting some heaps of teenagers um, you know, jumping out of the car and shooting teenagers playing soccer and and but it was never with this intention that I'm going to show it anywhere or anything it was just simply getting back that real freeing love of photography almost being back to the eight-year-old with the Pentax yeah, exactly. kind of yeah yeah which I think was exactly what I needed at that point in time um, and it's meant that when I've I've come back to New Zealand with a totally different outlook on how I want to make work. Can you explain that a, a little um, bit? I think when I before I left for a wander, I was quite studio-based. I was working a lot with family and friends in terms of my subjects, and I, going to a wander um, and and just interacting with people on the street and um, shooting in quite an explorative manner. Um, is definitely I've brought that back here. So um, finding finding Millie or casting people, um, subjects that I I don't know, but I'm casting them because I'm interested in what they do. I think it's quite a different approach, um, yeah, to my past. Yeah. And and when you came back to New Zealand, you applied for this Tiley Cottage residency applied, straight away. No, I applied for it before I um, before I left for Rwanda. It's it's been a while coming actually. It's um yeah I think I applied for it at the start of two thousand fourteen. And you came back and came straight here to Wanganui. Yeah, basically. so I landed about a week before I needed to start the residency, and I think that's what made moving to Wanganui and so easy is that my life was already in boxes at mum and dad's, and so I I came down to Wanganui and I did the residency and really enjoyed myself, and then I. You know, I didn't have any ties anywhere. Um, a lot of my family had started moving out of Auckland. So it just, yeah, it was really easy to just call Wanganui home, I guess. And why the, um, why Tiley Cottage? Why did you want to pick that residency? It was, I think the thing that drew me to it was, it was through conversations with Tim, my dealer, um, and his head, um, Greg Donson, the curator of the show, um, A Serious Girl, he had used my past work in group exhibitions at, up on the hill at the old Sargent Gallery um, a few, in about 2011, I think it was. And, um, yeah, so um, I'd knew, known that my work had been shown here and I knew a lot about the history of photography in Wanganui. Um, it always, for me, Wanganui was always a place of photographs. Um, and so I was try- quite intrigued to become a part of that legacy um, of photographers. And how long, how long is the residency? I was there for three, oh, four, four and a bit months. Four and a bit months, yeah. yeah. And you, this is when you started to develop the concept for this show? Uh, the concept was something I proposed to the, to the sergeant when I applied for the residency. So that was something that was sort of, Something that could change, that's what they always said. So what was the kind of, how did you develop this, the concept? Well, tell us about the concept first and how it kind of developed to to this point. 
Mm. So when I applied for the residency, uh, I applied, my application was around photographing teenagers, um, youth in Wanganui. And when I got here, having been in Rwanda and, and, and spending a lot of time with my sister Jess, who was working on this magazine for teenage girls, I had sort of this feeling that that, was, that might be the direction I would head in. And so I started cast, doing a, a casting at Tyler Cottage for, for teenage girls that are involved in sport. And the sport comes about just because of my background and my interest in sport in general. Um, I played a lot of hockey as a teenager and into my early 20s. And so I'm just interest, interested in athletes and psychology of athletes, yeah. Do you want to talk about um, how you kind of cast your net wide, I guess? It was all teenagers, it wasn't just girls to start with, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, initially I was looking to um, to do, to, to um, engage um, teenagers from the area. But the more I got into it, the more I realised I wanted to work with teenage girls involved in sport. And so I started to throw my net out a bit and, you know, contacted um, some of the high schools um, as far as Martin, like Natawa and then Wanganui High School and, you know, a number of clubs and things. But not people like myself, but people, but that I just had a genuine interest in. And maybe an understanding of Yeah, an understanding of who, of who they would they, be. Yeah, and where they've come from and their, their, their thoughts and um, their wishes and their hopes, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely why I picked Teenagers that were particularly involved in, in sport because um, it's just a continual continued interest for me um, the sport thing yeah um, do you still play sport? no I run that's about as I, <laughs> I used to be a really competitive hockey player and had a big injury and so I'm just not willing to risk the other hip at this point in time um yeah so I'm pretty active but I don't don't play it anymore myself and I guess that's the thing as well when I was looking for these kids is that they're in they're in a time in their lives where they're not professional sports people but they're maybe driven to be to be that and um and shit can happen when you hit when you get into your 20s you know with sport there's this there's a certain length of life that you've got in it and I think that's with teenagers they're so in the moment with sport they're um, yeah they're they're on that ladder to professionalism or it's also that point where a lot of really talented athletes kind of get lost in yeah, in other definitely. parts of life yeah and things get and never away. F- fulfilled with their potential yeah exactly so I think it's a it's a really interesting time and I know that with the um, girl that I s- focused on in the end, that was something that's constantly come up in her mind, whether to keep going or whether to give it up. Um, in this exhibition, have you captured everything else that goes along with being at that age? Not um, just not just the sport, you know? Not, I mean, I wouldn't say in this exhibition. Um, I mean, there's there's only eight photographs on the wall, so there's only so many narratives that can be told. Yeah, so the girl that I have picked to focus on for this project um, is a local girl called Millie, and she finished school at the end of 2016. 
and um, is in this really interesting in-between time before she heads overseas to um, pursue a gymnastics scholarship, which she's, which she's won. Um, so she's sort of, I quite like the idea that she's um, in this really in-between space um, before she, she, she flies, flies the nest in a way, I guess. Uh, it's a kind of, it's a relatable period. Mm. Everyone, no matter, like, you don't have to be going on a gym scholarship to kind of connect with that feeling, that kind of summer after seventh form. Yeah. And I think the thing with it's Millie... It's a weird time. Yeah, the thing with Millie is, because um, Wanganui is a smaller town, a lot of her friends have left and gone to Christchurch or up to Auckland or to Wellington. And so she's very much here in this holding pattern and she's working hard, you know, she's got lots of jobs and things, but she has this fair, this goal in September, which she's working towards. Um, and so I really love that I've captured her in this in-between time where she's, is, she's her, as her mum said, she's spending a lot more time with her parents because she doesn't have um, school and she's home sometimes during the day. And so her mum's really, been enjoying that uh, so I think it's quite cool that I'm working with her before she goes on this big adventure why because you started with you as you said you was you looked at a lot of different teenagers and you were going to do more than one subject mm. why did you end up picking her what was it about yeah her I've that been asked that a lot and I think for me a lot of the teenagers that I um, that I had cast were still at school um, and Millie stood out because she was in this really interesting time. But also, I think with Millie, there was an, quite a few factors. The fact that she was a gymnast really appealed to me because of the theatrical nature of gymnastics. Um, my work is quite theatrical, and I had always imagined or wanted to work with a gymnast, and I thought, here's my opportunity. And also, there has to be more than that when you're working with someone so intimately. And I just kind of, when I meet the right person, I kind of just know. I think Millie has such an authenticity about her. Um, she, she seems very grounded, and um, that just kind of a, a appealed to me to spend some time with her. And, and get to know her and um, get to know gymnastics and her abilities. Um, but then she ended up getting injured as soon as I'd said, you're the one. <laughs> she got had this massive, terrible injury. And um, so I had had these visions of doing this work with this athlete that could just bend herself, you know, inside out. Um, and we, we couldn't do that, so we ended up Instead of having this focus where we might be in the in the gym, um, like in the gymnasium, I guess they call it, um, doing shots of her using the equipment or on the floor, we ended up shooting a lot out at Castlecliff, where she lives, and um, so it had this quite different feeling than I originally thought it would. It's very much um, the the. The theatre of it and the performance of it is played out in this very domestic space. What were you trying to achieve with it? Like, what was your with the project? Yeah, I guess what were you? What was the end game? 
Um, I often don't know before I... I mean, I have an idea. I've worked with a lot of teenagers and I know sport and I know com- competition. But I think for me, I really wanted there to be a sense of place in the work. I'd come to Wanganui to do this project and my um, the reason I'd come here is that I'd been influenced by this in, this amazing history of photography in Wanganui. And when I think of the photographers that have made work that I admire here, the likes of Lawrence Eberhardt and Andrew Ross and Anne Noble, um, their work has this incredible calmness to it. So I guess those were all things that were tick- ticking away in my mind when I made this work, that I really did want there to be a, a sense of place and a calmness and that I would be working with a teenage girl in her environment, um, not in a, in a environment where I'd taken her out um, and constructed the environment, that it was her environs, yeah. How much time did you spend with her? It must have been hours and hours. Well, I I think when I looked at the number of shoots we'd done together, I think it was only about 15 shoots. So it wasn't actually that many. But that's twice as many shoots as there are photos in there. It's a a lot. That's true. Yeah, that's true. uh, I'm notoriously long on my shoots. I um, tend to my models <laughs> to the edge but that's also part of how you get the good shot right yeah just, it takes just time volume. I think it just it's but it's not that I'm shooting sort of got my finger on the trigger and I'm shooting you know rounds at them um I spend quite a lot of time um you know how we were talking about how I'd done sculpture and painting and things I spend a lot of time um you know getting the fat, the fabric of the clothes, you know, I, I come out from behind the camera and I, I mould and sculpt these photographs. Even I think when you spend, when someone sits under a light, lights for a long time, um, this flesh changes, everything changes. Um, when you take, when I took Millie down to the beach to photograph her, you, you don't just snap some snaps on the beach and expect that it's going to look right. It takes time for your for your body to become part of that environment and that's when things start working for me is when either if I'm working with an object or if I might be working with a person that they start to unravel in that environment and become part of the environment. For me it's important that the subject that I'm working with is okay with sitting still for a while, um, spending a few hours in one seat. Um, staring in one direction or just moving ever so slightly like that's a really challenging thing to do and I think you had, there's a certain ca- character that would just maybe get fed up and lose interest but to maintain that focus I think you would say that some of like the portrait of Millie in the show has an, an, a really intense focus and that was shot over a really long period of time so for her to maintain that is quite yeah it's definitely a character thing, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but actually um, hitting the shutter is a very small part of what you're doing, I guess. Yeah, it You is. kind of touched on it before with, you know, yeah. playing with people's clothes and the like. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess a lot of what you get in a shot is is created before you even shoot it. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I think that... Uh, 
for me, I tend to sketch with my camera. So um, I usually have an idea of what I want to achieve when I turn up for a shoot. But often when you turn up, there's elements that don't, that allow that not to happen or or make, make um, it not work or... You know, there's always stuff that happens. So I usually, yeah, set up a, um, approach the shoot with an idea and a boundary around what I want to achieve. But then it always unravels into something else. So that's all part of that. You you set up your shot and then you come away from the camera, for me anyway, and adjust things and then come back in behind the camera. And so that, take, that can take hours um, to unfold. How much post-production, do you call it, do you call it post-production? Yeah. How much do you do? Um, I don't do a huge amount. Um, I tend to try to do as much as I can in camera um, so that when I get it to my printer, we might make um, some colour um, color balance adjustments and things like that. Um, but the printing stage is really important for me because I think that's where you can bring out a uniqueness in how your images look, the way you print something, what, how you choose flesh, the colour of the flesh to be, or, um, you know, you can change all of that very easily um, before you press print. So those are all things that sort of, I think, build your style um, over time, those decisions. Do you have a style now, by now? Um, I think... Uh, I think when I made a f- that photograph at Elam um, in 2007 and it felt like something authentic to me, I think your, my style was solidified at that point. And then you um, are constantly making changes in the way you work and how you approach your subject. But I think that was something quite distinctive for me. I realised what I was looking at was something I really connected with and connected with more than I had with any of the painting or the sculpture I'd done. What I was seeing in front of me was felt like me. Yeah. And this is not the end of um, this project for you. You're going to keep it going in one way or another. Yeah. Have you um, got plans? Yeah, I do. I Because I originally with this um, project was going to photograph um, a, a, a wide range of sports and, and a, lot, a lot more girls and I'd actually done the casting and and the initial um, groundwork for that. Um, I have a lot of teenage girls that I've met who I'm now going to work with in a similar manner that I've worked with Millie in. Um, so this is sort of a start point, if you will, for a much bigger project, um, which may take me a lot further than Wanganui as well um, towards Wellington, depending on what sport I'm interested in capturing. Like I'm really interested in working with the fencing um, girls that are involved in fencing and I know there's not a club here anymore um, and I'd like to find some girls that are into hunting as a sport and so there's just a huge variety and then um, I've been in touch with Natawa about their equestrian and yeah so there's a whole Mm. like range of things that I'm really interested in getting into. All for gallery exhibitions because I kind of I see a book in this. Yeah and that's that's what um, my original intention was that this would end in a book so I've only focused on, on Millie for this project but that these all these projects will be chapters in a in a, a photo book down the line in 18 months time maybe yeah. have you got anything else on the go like any other 
the um, exhibitions you're going to be working on after this? or is... I've got um, this exhibition will travel to my DLA gallery to Melville in September. and But I really am just, once this is finished, it's about continuing this project. And I have a few others that I um, have come to light since living in Wanganui. I'm quite interested in um, creating a relationship with the army up at Waiwuru. Um, to see if they've got any young um, men and women who I think their intake age is about 17 so I'm really interested in um, working up there if I can doing some portrait work with um, young army officers uh, so that's one project and then I have a couple of other projects um, that I'm working on as sort of a slow, slow release thing um, one is 16 year olds and 13 year olds so that's like a something that's just portraits that are continue for um quite a while for a few years to come before I know what I want to do with them but I think um in terms of teenage years those are quite distinctively different times of your life I think a lot changes between 13 and 16. Is that is that your fascination with those years? Um the the change or the um I think there's so much that goes on when you're a teenager there's so much change I mean you're a teenager when you're 13 and you're a teenager when you're 19 and you're completely yeah you're completely different beings you you know you change so much in that time and I think there's so many aspects of that that I'm interested in so it's kind of yeah just zoning in on different things over the next few years um yeah and just following that interest I just think um, teenagehood and youth and being young is such a complicated thing and and complicated and wonderful and horrible as well and I think um, yeah I just and also they're cool to work with teenagers are cool to work with I think that's the main the thing I like most about it is that yeah it's good fun and I, usually I hope that they get a bit of a kick out of it as well. And when, when, where, how can people see this exhibition? Um, so it's on at Sargent Gallery from, it's open now, so, um, and it's until about, I think, middle August. Um, so yeah, come on down. <laughs>